don't want to be opposites on the things that really matter. Obviously, you can't date your clone. Obviously, you don't want to date every single part of who you are. You want to have some variety and you're going to have variety anyways. But on the things that really matter, that are really important to you, you want to have just, you want it to be easy. You want to have that easy flow. Welcome to the Love Strategies Podcast, where we help successful women attract high-value men, date with a strategy, and improve their relationships. Now, whether you're single or dating or in a new relationship, we're here to help you dive into the male mind and provide raw insights found nowhere else, backed by science, psychology, and our own personal experiences. Your hosts today are myself, Adam Ladolce, professional dating coach and founder of Love Strategies, and Dr. Gary Lewandowski, a relationship scientist, professor, and our head relationship coach here at Love Strategies. Please share with a friend and enjoy. All right, Gary, today we're going to be talking about the attraction myth that is ruining your relationships, just destroying relationships. I want to make this really <laughs> hyperbolic today because it is true. This idea of opposites attracting, I don't know, it creates this amazing story, but is it maybe hurting our relationships? What do you think? I not only does it hurt our relationships, I, I think this is actually, if I had to pick all of my favorite myths of about relationships, this is probably number one, because this yeah. is the one people get so pissed about when you tell them it's not true. Like, <laughs> oh, sweet. I, so we're going to really piss off a bunch of people today. Perfect. But it's like, they're like, no, it's true. I know it's true. And it works. And it's like, it's actually not true. And so there's lots of things yeah. you can blame. The thing I like to blame the most whenever I get, whenever I get a chance is Hallmark movies. <laughs> Does Jess yeah. watch Hallmark movies? Dude, is Hallmark even still around? I don't know. She no. watches trash is all I know. I don't know if it's on the Hallmark channel, but she So then she probably watches reality. Hallmark movies because probably. Hallmark movies, it's like a Christmas thing, especially. So, you know, yeah. we're recording this in August. So Christmas, it has already started pretty much. Yeah. But like my wife, every, every season starts watching these Hallmark movies and it's like rom-com just it's everything you you want to hate about, but every story is the same. And she hates it when I say this. So if she's watching this, I'm sorry, but this is still true. Every yeah. every one of these movies is the same thing. It's this white collar guy. It's this white collar person, right? And they move yeah. to this small town, and it's like this woman with all these like big city problems, and then she meets like this guy who's the complete opposite of her. He's down yeah. to earth. He's a little rough around the edges. He's very earthy, very crunchy, very granola, and yeah. she doesn't like him at first. And then she comes around and then sparks fly and then things go south and then they come back. And then in the end, everything's magical because she's exactly what he needed, didn't know he wanted and, and vice versa. And it's like, this right. is the person her heart always, because this is not who she is, and this, but this is who she needs to be. And so right. it sounds magical. It makes for a great story. Hallmark has made a bajillion of these movies. Um, mm. Problem is one big myth. Like that just doesn't work in real life. <laughs> Please doesn't. explain because you're breaking a lot of hearts. I'm imagining like that Manhattan girl, female <laughs> listening to this podcast right now and just imagining moving to, you know, Tulsa and or I don't know where going way deep into the boonies somewhere and then just meeting that incredible guy that that cowboy and just like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what I need. And then just sparks are flying. I'm just imagining that woman. She's like, no. This can work. This can work. So let's break <laughs> some hearts right now. You, you, you can make anything work with enough effort, but is that really what it's all about? And so, you know, just as yeah. like a little sneak preview, it's like that that Manhattan woman going to Tulsa and you're going to meet that guy. Like, really, what are you going to talk about? Like, really? 
nothing. Cowboys. It's going to be hard. Uh, in any fine case. dining in Manhattan, and he'll be like, <laughs> uh, what's that? <laughs> it's just like there are two different worlds. Okay. But like I start off by saying is like, this is my favorite myth because people hang on to this one so strongly. And there's yeah. reasons for this. And, and it's not just Hallmark movies. It's also that there's some like just common sense thoughts behind this that people think, oh, this has to be true. And like, so one of those is we hate boredom, right? And so there's this idea like, well, if we're too similar, we're just going to be bored all the time and no one wants to be around somebody who's boring all the time. Um, right. The other one that people like to say is like, well, nobody wants to date their clone, right? No. And so this is to kind of justify this like, oh, opposites are, you know, it's not a clone. It's not going to be boring because they're always going to be wanting something different, right? Um, yeah. It also really ties into an important idea in relationships, which is balance. So we like to think of right. opposites as like, if I'm one way, my partner is going to be the opposite. And between the two of us, we're going to balance each other out. It's like the yin to the yang. Like, you know, yep. one person's super outgoing, the other person's quiet. And somehow like they, they start at different spots, but they, they meet in the middle. Right. And it's sounds perfect. It's beautiful. Sounds amazing. Right. And it's like, this all yeah. makes sense. Right. It's like a lot of yeah. things people think about relationships. Like there, there's some common sense appeal to it. Mm -hmm. The second kind of objection people have. And this is like, I always call these yeah buts, where it's like you give somebody some facts and you say like, no, no, similarity matters most. And they're like, yeah, but what about my grandparents? Yep. People love their grandparents when it comes to opposites to track because their grandparents usually hate each other, right? They're opposites. Grandpa likes to sit around and watch TV all the time. Grandma hates being in the house. She wants to be out and around. They're opposites, but they've been together forever. So clearly- oh, yeah. Clearly opposites are amazing. Right. Now, we, we've talked about this before, but being together for a long time is a lot different than being happy. And so when you right. really look at those like long-term relationships, those opposites, like are they actually happy? Could yeah. they be happier if they were more alike? Like if they both like watching TV or if they both like going out? Uh-huh. Hmm. That would All be nice to not get yeah. like a blowout fight every time you're like, hey, can we, honey, can we go for dinner tonight? She's like, No! Right. I just want to watch Hallmark movies and learn <laughs> why opposites are perfect. You know, um, yeah, it's uh, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's interesting. Well, and so like those long term couples, your grandparents, can they make it work? Sure. Have they made yeah. it work? Sure. Have they forced it a little or a lot over the years? Absolutely. Is it ideal for setting up your relationship for the long term future? No. No, those those opposites things that it's always going to create problems here. And here's here's the big one. The big objection people have when you say opposites don't attract. It's not ideal for relationships. You know, they say and people say huh, you're wrong because me and my partner were opposites. We have like I like one thing. They like the other thing. And so I'm sure. And I always say that's like, but of course you do. Of course you have opposites. Do you have ways that you're opposite from Jess? Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> Big time. But we have so many things that are more aligned. than We have more things we're aligned on and we are more alike than we do opposites. I mean, I think, but it, like if people looked at us, they we everyone thinks we're brother-sister couple just physically looking as a starting right. point. But that right. that's outside the, the scope of this conversation. But even just what we like to do, how we like to spend our time being sociable. All of those things are like our core values of what's important to us are very much so aligned.
Now, sure, there's some huge caveats to that where we're very different. And I do think that creates some balance. But generally speaking, no, we're very much so aligned. How about you and your wife? Yeah, like we, so if you said, are you and your wife opposite? Yeah, Colleen is type B. Yeah. I am completely type A. I am, she loves planning and thinking about the future. I do not. I am like, what's happening today? Maybe tomorrow. Then that's pushing it a little. It's like, I'm very much living the moment. I am super neat and organized. Bless her heart. She is not. Right. And like, bless her heart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just love that. (laughs) It's okay. She's She's not not listening to this podcast. So I'm 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 learning a little to tone it down. Okay, she listens. Oh no, Colleen, Holy you're so God. great. I love that you're really messy. It's great. She's it's really wonderful. Great. I love her She's so. Much. So great. I love my. Luckily, Jess does not listen to these podcasts, so <laughs> yeah. uh, I can talk as much smack as I want. <laughs> so you know, sure, we're opposite, but like though the thing about opposites, and you kind of pointed out too, is like I can easily point out all the opposites because those, ironically, they're easy to point out because they're sources of friction and conflict. All of the areas. And there are many, 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 many. And like you said, lifestyle, like vision, like philosophy, all that kind of stuff. We're very much aligned. It just, those things run smoothly so that it's like easy to not notice those pieces. Um, And so that's the whole thing without opposites attract is like you're noticing this stuff. And what you're missing though is all the similarity. Hmm. I, I want to qu- make this quote. I think it was from Mark Manson. He's a writer, and I think he's he's just a dating coach from here in Boston. By the way, we we've, we've met a couple of times back in the day. But I th- I think this was him who used to say the thing you love most about your partner when you first meet them might be the very source of conflict later, and it could be something that is different about them, like that thing that you're like, oh my god, I just love how she's so outgoing, and I'm really introverted. At first, that could be like really exciting and new and different, but it it can actually be the very thing that breaks the relationship later. And I don't know if that really relates to this, but it always kind of stuck with me because there are definitely some conflict points that you can see in relationships where you really admire things that are that someone else might have about themselves that you don't have. You admire that at first, but then in a long term relationship, man, you're just like. I don't want that. I don't want to be, I don't want to have to go out to dinner four times a week and go to dinner parties and all that stuff or whatever the, the source of conflict is. Yeah, because fundamentally as people, we don't like change. Like yeah. we'll entertain the possibility, like we want to aspire to be a better, different person at times, but like fundamentally, we like to stay the same. And like yeah. that's where the problem comes in with exactly what you know he was describing. Is like what relationship scientists, what we say all the time is Opposites may attract at first, but later they attack. Those opposite things actually become the source of conflict. And it's like we notice the opposites because we generally have a negativity bias. Like we focus on the areas that are problematic. Think about your life in general. You focus on all the problems. You're well aware of all the problems you have, but like you don't take very much time to have gratitude for all the things that are going right. And the same exact thing is happening in your relationship. All those pieces that are harmonious, where you're similar and you get along, you don't notice those things. If you start thinking like, no, no, we're opposite, you can sit like we just did a second ago and think of all the ways you're opposite from your partner. But you have to Mm -hmm. force yourself to do the same thing for the similarities so you can appreciate those aspects. Because when it comes down to it, like when people say, yeah, you know, 
I like opposites and that's what I'm attracted to. And that's how you make it work. Think about what that really means. So an opposite is you're highly introverted. Your partner then who's completely opposite is highly extroverted. You know how that's going to work? Horribly. My ex-girlfriend. That was a tough one. That was a, that's a tough one, man. That was a, man, I was a social, I, I used to coach people on how to be social and get outside of their comfort zone and how to meet new people. And my girlfriend before Jessica, she was extremely shy. And I remember my 30th birthday, I had a party and all my friends were there. She hadn't met many of them, but we were dating for like four or five months. And so she hadn't met a lot of these people. And she was in the corner all night, just like in her own head, like freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, what is, there's no way, there's right. no way that this is going to work. Cause I mean, I'm, right. I'm the opposite. And it's so interesting. Like from there, of course I meet Jessica, who's like, she's so outgoing that it's almost like, Hey, can we like tone that back a little bit? We don't need to talk to every <laughs> single person at the restaurant, like chill. So yeah, it's an interesting point. I think that's a big one. Introversion, extroversion. Hey there, ladies. As you can see, we're just getting this podcast off the ground. And since we don't run any ads, I only have one quick favor to ask in return. Can you just take a quick second right now, pause this episode and just leave us a review wherever it is that you're listening to the podcast. Really help us out a lot. And it really does spread the love. And uh, I think the world needs a little bit more of that. So I appreciate you. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, you look at something like, you know, some of those personality traits, like true opposites, they're just going to have a really hard time meshing together. You know, you also yeah. look at things where couples have to live together and work together in a day-to-day -day way, like, you know, messiness and, and cleanliness. Like, you know, if you have somebody who's really an over-organized clean freak and someone who's just chaotic and messy, like you're constantly going to be butting heads about that. It's like, why is this here? Why isn't this in order? Like all the spices, why aren't they in alphabetical order? Like I put them that way for a reason. Like, and that's, yeah. that's going to create conflict at every turn. Um, you know, it's even like big things like we were just talking about before we hopped on about like vacations and things. It's like it's one area where my wife and I are super similar. Like we both like going to Vermont, we like going to the mountains. But like if one of one partner loves the beach, the opposite of that is the other person hates the beach. <laughs> Can you make that work? Sure. You just never go to the yeah. beach or you always go to the beach. and One person hates it the whole time. Who hates people the make beach? I hate that person. <laughs> Ah, how do you hate See? I mean, I hate laying on the beach, but I like kite surfing and surfing and all that cool stuff. So sure. that's how we make it but work. It, yeah. It's like you can make these things work. And that's and that's a difference of you know, opposites attract is the is the end all be all to our attraction. It's like, yeah, people force it to work. But like imagine a world in which you both love the beach. Oh my gosh, how much better is that? Like that that's amazing. Right. So you bring up one of the things that I think is an important nuance here that something you just brought up is you like kite surfing. Now mm. Highly similar would mean that Jess has to also love kite surfing. Now, Correct. when it comes to something like that, this similarity thing and opposites doesn't really matter. Like, so if you like kite surfing and she likes crocheting, fine. Totally fine. How did you know she just got into crocheting again? Did I already did, talk did about this? <laughs> yeah, no. she just got into crochet back into crocheting again. Yeah. So that's very timely, Gary. <laughs> really funny. But so like what could be more opposite than crocheting and kite surfing? Like those are completely opposite. But like you're attracted to each other in spite of that difference, not because of that difference. And yeah. you both have activities that you can do solo that you each enjoy on your own. It's not like you're going to, you know, join her crocheting circle and start, you know, making mittens. 
Yeah, I, I think it's just the things that matter most to you, the values that are most important in your life that serve you and make you happy. You want to have alignment on those things. You don't want to be opposites on the things that really matter. Obviously, you can't date your clone. Obviously, you don't want to date every single part of who you are. You want to have some variety and you're going to have variety anyways. But on the things that really matter, that are really important to you, you want to have just, you want it to be easy. You want to have that easy flow. And if if you're the Manhattan girl dating the guy who's the cowboy who rides uh, horses every day and wants campfires, that ain't working. It's not, unless, unless she's always deep down inside wanted to be a cowgirl and go live by the campfire and not go to fine dining, or unless he wants to start going to Michelin star restaurants, it, it ain't, it just, it just doesn't work. It becomes too much conflict. So I think it's, it's just when you're out there and you're dating and you're meeting new people, let's not over, uh, let's not fantasize this idea of, I don't know if that's the right word, but let's not over, uh, let's not think that this matters more than it really does meeting someone that is completely different than you and that opposites attract. Yeah. Right. I mean, you don't want to glamorize something and glamorize. Thank you, Gary. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) Right. Like you don't want to overdo it on something that's like, you don't want to overemphasize this thing. That's actually not really going to drive attraction. Right. Correct. I mean, so one of the things that I up there, (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things that you said there that that's really poignant because there's research to show this is like opposites. There, there's one way opposites are really okay. And that's when the person has a trait that's opposite than you currently, but it's a trait you aspire to have. So if it's mm. something aspirational, that's opposite. That's actually quite positive, right? So like maybe you are a little shy and introverted and you want to be more outgoing. So then you date somebody who's opposite from you. And that helps you kind of bring you out of your shell. That's a time when it works. And so a lot right. of times with opposites there, it's it's more of a complimentary thing where it's like, you know, you're kind of doing something to help me. Um, now, as, again, as long as it's aspirational. The one thing with aspirational traits, though, is like we aspire to a lot of things that we don't have great follow through on. So you might be shy and introverted and want to be more outgoing, but like you've been shy and introverted for a couple decades. And it's going to, that's a tough ask. Yeah. And yeah. so as much as you get into that relationship thinking, I really do want to be more outgoing. It's likely, not just possible, likely that their outgoing nature is going to start to become very annoying later yeah. to you in like a year or so, because you're going to kind of retreat back to the person you've always been. And they're going to be the person they've always been. And those two things are opposite and the conflict ensues. Um, so, so that's potentially problem. Yeah. I see this as kind of more of like a spectrum. I can only relate this to my own personal life, uh, which we do quite a bit on this podcast. But I think of like Jessica and I on a spectrum. On one side, I'm the very ambitious one in the family. Like I wake up early, I work out, I I do podcasts like this. I love to work 12 hours a day. She, on the other hand, is not like that at all. She's incredibly smart, but she's just, she would not call herself ambitious. And she's very good at being in the present. Like she's the person where it's like weekends come, put everything away, enjoy this time in our life. We're so happy. We don't need a bigger house. We don't need a new car. Like just live life. And right. she's, I don't know if there's an aspiration to be that where she wants to be more like me and I want to be more like her, but it does create this 
this synergy with each other where we can kind of go into these various roles and she can become a little bit more like me at certain seasons of life. And I become a little bit more like her in seasons of life. And I think that that's a really positive, helpful thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know that, that that's at least what resonates with me in my own love life. Yeah. And I think, you know, those, what you're speaking to there is a little bit of that balance idea. Um, yeah. and I think, you know, one of the areas that's really important to strike on with this idea of balance, particularly in male female relationships is we like to balance our relationships with strong female, strong male, and you bring those two things together and they can, they can kind of work harmoniously, right? At least that's the idea. And that's, that's, a, that's honestly a big part of where this opposites attracting comes from. Right. There's a problem with this though. And there's, and there's a better way, which to think about it, which we're going to get to in a second, but the, the problem with this male female dynamic like this in particular is women in general are actually really good at relationships. They're good at being emotionally available. They're good at being honest and kind and caring and all those positive relationship traits. So if you're that kind of woman who's good at relationships, what's your opposite? Well, a guy who sucks at relationships, who's quiet, emotionally distant, cold, right? Like that's opposite. But like if women are going into their dating life thinking opposites attract, they're going to be actually be looking for that kind of guy to think like that's the kind of guy that's best. Now, right. definitely not best. Like we can just take that right off the table. He's not best. Can you make it work? Sure. Going to be a huge struggle. You don't want a project. Your job is not to re rehabilitate guys. Like that's not your job, right? Yeah. And so what you really want to start transferring to and, and thinking about this differently, instead of thinking female, male as two separate things that you then balance each other out. It really should think, you should really think of it as you as a woman have both male and female aspects, masculine and feminine qualities. Guys also have masculine and feminine qualities. The balance shouldn't necessarily be between both people, one masculine, one feminine. It should be both people have both masculine and feminine traits. And then you blend those together and that's how you're going to have a harmonious relationship. Mm. I, I guess I'm not fully following this. So you're saying like, for give an example of, of, of this. Would you say like ambition versus non-ambitious? I, I guess I'm not following the masculine feminine piece. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to kind of take it out of the masculine feminine, you think of it as like, you know, givers and takers. If one right. person's a giver, the opposite is a taker. And then can you have a relationship where one person's a constant giver and the other person's a constant taker? That's opposites. That that meshes very well. Those are complementary traits. Um, right. Great. Seems seems like wonderful. Like we can make this work. You can, but it, it's still not ideal. What's better is if both people both give and take. Right. Guy gives Got and it. takes. Female gives and takes. Now, when the guy's giving, the female can be taking. When the female right. is giving, the guy can be taking. And they can, that's how it works. But you need both people to have both traits. Right. So yeah. that way you have this blend and then that way the opposites can mesh together versus constantly being on opposite sides. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you think of like the classic, like 1950s, all masculine, like the man is the man of the house, all masculine, the female sits at home and just takes care of the kids is all nurturing and so on and so forth. That actually creates an imbalance in the relationship to a degree. Now, I mean, I think women should lean into their feminine if they want to attract a great partner. But once you're in a relationship, we always have to talk about this a lot with our clients. Once they get to little love step six and they're in a committed exclusive relationship, it's kind of like 
now you're partners. It's not so much about leaning back and letting him come to you and so on and so forth. You actually create a partnership and the masculine feminine energy actually kind of flows between the two of you in some ways. It, you know, it's like when I went on my first couple of days with Jessica, I was leaning into my masculine. I was pushing things forward. I was driving the relationship and the connection forward. Now I think in our relationship, she wears the pants in the house, man. I'm, <laughs> she tells me what to do on the weekends. What You tell me what to do. I will be there. All right. <laughs> and so I don't know if that kind of flows with, with what you're talking about here. But yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. And it also points to another way that opposites attract than attack, right? It's like, Early on, the opposites and like being like kind of strongly masculine, one person strongly feminine, like that works really, really well. Early on, mm -hmm. short term relationships. As you transition to long term, though, which is you know the kind of relationships we we think most people are looking for, at least people that are in our program, they're looking for that yeah. long term fulfilling committed relationship. That opposite energy, constantly kind of butting heads, isn't ideal. And you want like, just like you described, more of like a free flowing back and forth, give and take on a constant basis kind of thing versus always approaching everything from two opposite sides. Um, because that that's actually going to be what's much more harmonious, which brings us to like kind of the final piece of strategy that, you know, if, if opposites don't attract, like what is the deal? Um, and we've alluded to it throughout this whole podcast, but like I always say it to students and when I give talks about relationships, if there is one golden rule of attraction, it's very, very simple. Be as similar as possible. It's the golden rule of attraction. The more yeah. similar you are, the less conflict you're going to have and the better your relationship's going to be. Now, right. to kind of bring us full circle to the beginning, people will say, well, I don't want my clone. You're never that similar to anybody. As similar as you can possibly be, there's still plenty of differences of things you're going to have conflict about. Don't worry about that. The other piece is it's boring. Here's the thing. If you're thinking long-term, you've got to reconnect. Like, boring isn't boring. Boring is safe. Boring is comfortable. Boring is harmonious, it's stability, it's predictability. Think of all those things. That's a lot easier to have predictability and stability with someone who is more similar to you than someone who is completely your opposite. Healthy relationships are boring. Healthy relationships are boring, you know? And I think on this note, if similarity is an important, is the golden rule of attraction, then this is why it's so important to work on yourself before you can attract another person. Because if your life is constant chaos and you follow the golden rule of attraction, guess where you're gonna attract? Chaos. It's the mirror effect. So why both of ours in, in Gary's part of Love Accelerator and our coaching, he talks about relationship synergy. Relationship synergy step number one is focus on yourself first. For, me, for little love steps, what we teach in the dating part of the program, Focus on yourself first because you got to get yourself in a place where you're attracting someone who's similar to you. And that similar person is a healthy, conscientious, kind, nurturing, caring person. But you got to be that yourself. Otherwise, you're just attracting the opposite. You know, if you bring energy to a table, which is toxic, which is uh, negative, which is conniving, where you lie all the time and you're attracting the opposite. That's a good opposite to attract, but it ain't going to work because that person ain't sticking around for you. So yeah, you got to start with yourself first if you're going to follow this golden rule. Yeah. Start with yourself. Be the best person you can possibly be. And then find somebody who's on your same wavelength, your same level, yeah. your, your same aspirational level. Like if you're someone who likes to grow and change, you better find somebody who likes to grow and change. 
right? If you're constantly working on being a better person through your nutrition and how you sleep and your exercise, like find someone else who values those things too. It's going to make your journey easier and you're going to help each other, right? We, I, I, my program, like you said, is called Synergy. And like Synergy is this idea of it's like one plus one, it's greater than two. And so that's the kind of relationship that people are really looking for. And so if you're both aligned, um, and that's the, that's what you talk about in Little Love Steps is being aligned. Like the more you're aligned, the better off you're going to be. And so, you know, follow similarity as much as you possibly can without worrying because there are going to be areas of of difference. As similar Amen. as you are, you're 99% similar. It's that 1% of opposite that you're going to still focus on. And you might still believe that opposites attract. You still might. <laughs> that's just yeah. how it goes. But remember, like you, the op- and this is the main takeaway. Right? You can believe whatever you want about the myth. Fine. But like you are together and you work well, not because you're opposites, but in spite of your opposites. And it's like all the other similarity that is carrying that relationship forward. And you would actually be the fewer opposites you have, the more harmonious your relationship would be. And so keep looking for that similarity uh, and find find ways to make the opposite stuff work because, you know, every marriage is going to have. Yeah. Gary, are we the, like the anti-romantics? I feel like we're just such romantics buzzkills over here. We're just like, nah, don't do that whole opposites attracting, which is so cute and great in movies. We're just like, nah, that's that's dumb. That doesn't work. We're the anti-romantics. Absolutely. I wear, I wear that as a badge of honor, of distinction. <laughs> it's being objective about relationships. It's like a superpower because so many, like, so many of the mistakes people make is by being too romantic. And it's like, I started this thing off by bagging on the Hallmark movies and you said something as like healthy relationships are boring. They are. That's why they're not on TV, right? Yeah. The relationships you see on TV are all like dramatic and drama. And like, they, there's all kinds of stuff going on because that's exciting to watch the healthy, stable relationships that are there on TV because they're just harmony like things just go well like you don't it seems like very little work and so like that's what i think most people really want in life and so you know that objective anti-romantic view is going to help you get there the best part about all this everyone listening is that gary is like the biggest sap of any guy i know (laughs) that's the best part of it he's the most romantic dude you can think of even though he's an anti-romantic. So I don't know. You have a lot of conflict within yourself, I think, Gary. What do you think? I, I'm i a complex person. No, it's... <laughs> uh, until next time. There's Thanks, a time Gary. and a place for everything. And so you just, you got to, you know, you know, use the right tool at the right moment, right? <laughs> On that note, we'll speak to y'all soon. All right. So now you've reached the end of the show. Please make sure you follow and subscribe to the Love Strategies podcast wherever it is that you're listening so that you never feel alone again on your journey to love. As always, if you want to unlock all of our love strategies and begin your love life transformation, head on over to lovestrategies.com to get started. Stay beautiful and uh, speak to you next week.